it'll be along and I'm Ricky Gervais. What I mean is the program that this is part of is is Chris you you get the idea. He's he's quite a sort of like a uh, a wisecracker. I I love those guys. You know they 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 laugh in the face of adversity but they they always end up square one. I love that. Don't know substitutes. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Aerial View, worldwide on the internet. Suicide. I have an idea now. First name, Mr. Middle name, period. 
I just hope this man realizes that being able to communicate with people all over the world carries a serious responsibility. Come on, baby. Show the man your power, baby. Blast him! Give him some of that tone! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen of the radio audience. Very auspicious beginning. Sure, the talk show. You know, people phone in and make a beef. Oh, what about? Whatever happens to bug you, that's what you talk about. Sometimes he agrees with the caller, other times he sets him straight. rapidly approaching a moment of truth both for ourselves as human beings and for the life of our nation. Now, truth is not always a pleasant thing, but it is necessary now to make a choice, to choose between two admittedly regrettable, but nevertheless distinguishable environments. One where you got 20 million people killed and the other where you got 150 million people killed. Mr. President, I'm not saying we wouldn't get our hair mussed, but I do say no more than 10 to 20 million killed, tops, uh, depending on the brakes. Who's that on my phone there calling before I even give out the phone number? What? Greetings from the quarantine. Greetings from the quarantine. It's the quarantine scene here on Aerial View on the HoundNYC.com where you can hear Hound Howls every Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time followed by a crash in the party with Mark and Miriam the doo-wop chop shop of the air. At 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Why am I yelling? Uh, no, you know what I predict? What do you predict? The end of so I go on these walks civilization as we know it? Like, um, yeah. I see a lot of like you know middle-aged, solitary people walking around with very concerned looks in their faces. And I think what's going to happen when this is all over, eventually what you're going to see is a lot of uh, uh, midlife crisis reflective fiction that will be ranging from very good to really, really self-absorbed, I think. Is that your way of telling us that you're working on some of the very same yourself? You no, to, uh, uh, I'm, try- I'm going to try to avoid it. Okay. Um, uh, although, let's see, one, two, I'm work- I, am, I am working on my third beer because time doesn't matter anymore. Oh, I just thought of a great idea. I thought of a great idea. Did you notice a light bulb going off over my head by any chance? It did, it did get brighter, yes. Um, what if you had a beer called um, My Novel, and then you could say, I'm working on my novel? What do you think? The beer... I think that would be, I think that would be very popular with a certain crowd, yes. What, yeah, when people call you up, you could say, I'm working on my novel. And, in, and they don't have to know that you're just guzzling beer. That's all. This is insane. We are living through the <sighs> most insane time that I've known, and I was born a month before the Cuban Missile Crisis. 
I, you know, I have to keep saying that, and I have to keep adding that I was certainly not cognizant of uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis as it was going on, because I was a month old, so I wouldn't have uh, wouldn't have been aware. But this, I'm very aware of. I'm like too aware. I, I just, I can't seem to not keep checking the news. You know, I keep looking at the news. It keeps popping up on my phone. Uh, you go to the front page. I, you know, the daily press conferences. I don't think. That, I mean, forget the, the president. That's you know that that doesn't need, need at all. But it's it's endless. I mean, Murphy from Jersey does one. Cuomo does one. I mean, I, I, I just look. The numbers are the numbers. Just get them out there. But I, it's just it's 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 relentless. Well, it's relentless. Yeah, that's because we uh, really screwed the pooch on this one, as the astronauts like to say. We screwed the pooch on this one because uh, South Korea had its first coronavirus case on the same day as us, January 20th. And guess what? They got it under control. It's not a problem there now. They contained the contagion. Wasn't that a Nirvana song, by the way? Contain the contagion? Look, this, is, I, I, this is all a ploy. By Why are you telling me to look when I can't see you? Clear I'm just... up the environment. Okay. You know, so it's done, you know, this is why the response was so slow, and it's working. And we are, we are going to have the cleanest air and the cleanest streams you could ever imagine and the greenest trees and the greenest grass that you will ever see hey, when this is all over. Psst. You know what I heard? I heard this was created in a lab funded by Soros money. You heard that? You heard me? Uh, there's that theory. Have you also heard the 5G theory? 5G as in the... Uh... 5G network. Apparently the first 5G network oh, came out that... of, drumroll... Out of... Wuhan. There's a, there's a theory saying, look, this is the electrification of the Earth. And the last time electrification of the... The real... There was a revolution with the electrification of the Earth was in ni- 1918 as well with the flu. And, it's t- and now... The 5G, these are things that shouldn't be happening. There are many stories. Are you shitting me? Come on. No, this is is a very good scientist. I can't believe his name right now. Saying that, you know, because of the proliferation of 5G, that this has now caused a virus. Wait a minute. Weren't they aware of these viruses for, for many, many years? I watched that show Pandemic, you know, that series that's on Netflix, and they say that they have known for many years that that these things can jump from animals to to, to human beings. So what's what huh? What? Five G What? I'm, I, I'm, it's another what? It's being out there. All right. And it's passing it's passing the laugh test. Oh, I didn't know there was a laugh test. I would have signed up for that. I like to laugh. There's a laugh test? Really? Yeah. I didn't so know. With, no, and no, one, but no one's talking about it either. I mean, no, I'm, I'm saving money. I'm not blowing it in my you know, local watering hole. Yeah, this is um, no matter how you slice it. Oh, boy, I don't get to use that phrase often. No matter how you slice it, this is an unmitigated disaster. It's a, a human disaster. It's an economic disaster. It's it's uh, it might be. They're saying now that like the jobless claims are worse than the Great Depression. That there's more. There's going to be more people out of work 
than the Great Depression. We, You know when your grandparents would say, you should have seen what we used to have to live through. Well, now you can say that. Now you get to say it. You're going to live through it. We're going to live through it because that's all we can do is but live through But the economy's going to bounce back quickly, slowly. Who told you that? The same scientist <laughs> who had this whole 5G no, thing, I, theory? I heard, that at a, I heard that at a press conference. Which one? Who uh, dare I ask? Who <laughs> who's doing the press conference? I think we Which both idiot? know okay. what press conference. Oh, uh, you know, I've been keeping a, a self quarantine log. I've been putting it on my Facebook I saw, page. Yeah, self quarantine, baby. Yeah, yeah I've been mm-hmm. trying to sort of uh, keep track of uh, my thoughts and feelings throughout this whole thing. Do you I'll go let, for walks like everybody else? Do you go for a walk outside? No. No, I, I go in the backyard or the garage or maybe in the front of the house. I'm not going for a walk. You That's haven't a, walked and looked at the ocean just to see what it's like? What ocean? What are you yeah. talking about, the ocean? I well, live the, by the you, Hudson you, River. You live near a body of water, don't you? It's, yeah, it's the Hudson River. I want to go Not see the, river, the hospital sorry. ship that's floating on the west side of Manhattan. Is that what you're asking me? Do I want to go see the hospital <laughs> ship? No. I don't want to see that. I don't want to think that it's 2020 and we've been brought low by <clears throat> a, a completely incompetent, uh, completely incompetent leader. Completely incompetent. Hey, uh, I think I got to grab this other call. All right, man. Uh, all right. Just, you want me to stay on it? Want me to uh, live, live? Let me let me grab this other call, and then we'll talk again later. Call later. Hello, welcome to the air. Hello, Chris. This is Keith. Hey, Keith. I didn't even get to uh, tease the show. Let me tease the show. This is Aerial View. The panning, the pandemic edition, and uh, worst pandemic ever. Tonight, also an upside-down update, which is the news stuck inside of Weehawken with the Newark Blues again. I should pronounce it correctly, Nurk, the Nurk Newark uh. Blues again. And uh, we're going to do a swellness check, see who's fattening the curve, and much more with Keith Hartel. There he is, right on time, calling into Aerial View because he's in quarantine home there in Hoboken. How are you? I am I am reasonably well. I am uh at my usual level of um buzzed that I achieved by six fifteen on a every day. On a every I thought you <laughs> and um um just interrupted my uh Mad Men uh marathon that's been going on and uh, to check in with you there. Chris. Yeah, you've been uh talking about Mad Men because now that we're in um we're all stuck inside streaming the shows that we never saw. Uh you correct me if I'm wrong. Have you have you not seen it or are you watching it again? Which one is it? Dude, I believe I've watched the Mad Men the entire series. I believe I have watched that entire series like five times. Son of a bitch! Really? You know, okay. But but I mean, it, it ended a long time ago. But I get on sometimes these these. I've done it with like The Wire. I've done it with um, uh, Halt and Catch Fire. I think a little bit where it's just like I would watch the whole series and then be so into it at the end, I'd want to go back to the beginning. And I think that like Mad Men and The Wire were both ones that I think I watched three times in a row at one point. Hmm. But um, Mad Men is my favorite now, though. I, I know I know this that that's what quarantine has taught me. It has taught you that of all the episodic peak TV, that Mad Men is your number one. Why is that? Dare I ask? 
because um, there's a there, here's the thing is um, I think that it wins in terms of world creation where like you go into a world, you know, and it, and there's something about it that's so realistic and timeless. And it's kind of like a thing where, you know, if I was in my grandparents' house when I was like 10, their house looked like what the houses in Mad Men looked like. They had the same chairs and shit. Um, and, and there's a thing that what would make, say, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of the argument that Breaking Bad or, or Better Call Saul could be the best shows ever because they always are escalating all the way to the end and never dull. But it's almost like Mad Men, having not really done it that way, sort of, for me, wins because that's a device that they don't use. Like uh, so They don't use as much suspense. So it's sort of like you're you're just are hanging out there instead of waiting to see what's going to happen kind of vibe. Yeah, I I, uh, I enjoyed that show thoroughly. I thought it was very well written, very well acted. Uh, it had a point of view. It had a story to tell. Uh, it resonated with me because I had an uncle, uh, believe it or not, my uncle Homer, who worked on uh, Madison Avenue, who worked in advertising, and worked oh, no for shit. yeah he you know in the '60s worked for Young and Rubicam and uh, Ogilvy Ogilvy and Mather and whoever the hell else because those people always switched around like it shows on Mad Men, you know people yes, would it does. they yeah. would change shops all the time they would they would move up and down the block. And um, I remember as a kid being told that my Uncle Homer wrote the Blue Bonnet, Everything's Better with Blue Bonnet on it. <laughs> Bullshit. Dude, that's yeah. badass. Yeah, it is badass. And uh, my Uncle Homer lived up in Katona, New York. And we would go up there on the, on the weekend. We'd pile up the station wagon. And my father would mm-hmm. always hate coming back to Long Island. He hated it. He wanted to be like Uncle Homer. He wanted to have a little bit of property. He wanted to have a couple of outbuildings. He wanted to have a big old house. Instead, we're stuck in this two-bedroom ranch house in Lindenhurst on Long Island. Yeah. That's oh, now, now, going to Katona, did you uh, hit the Sawmill Parkway? Probably. I don't doubt it. I don't know how we went up there. I just know that it was always sad coming back. Like, going up there was happy because we're going to, you know, because we were fascinated that my Uncle Homer did so well in the advertising business that he could afford this massive house. And the the house, Keith Hartel, had a ballroom in it. I kid you not. It was like five stories, this house. And then out back was this big garage where my father and my Uncle Homer would work on these exotic one-off race cars. And they would fix up these race cars, and they would, and my uncle Homer would sell them, and my father would get a cut, you know, for helping out. And yeah. we would roam around the property with BB guns and shoot at everything we saw. Is what we would do. Yeah, and it sounds very Mad Men. Um, it's very you know, Mad Men. And they're at home time. It was yeah. very Mad Men. Yeah. Um, it was. But it's funny because I mentioned the Sawmill Parkway because uh, the karaoke band used to have gigs in Katona, and that's when I experienced the Sawmill Parkway. And the only other time I ever heard it mentioned is uh, was on Mad Men. The Sawmill when Parkway is like, it's ancient. It goes back to the early 1900s or something. The Sawmill. It's one of those original roads. Uh-huh. It's, it's it, you know it's it's nuts on there. There's no margin for error. If I'm co- remembering correctly, the Sawmill River Parkway is just two lanes. And and God help yeah. you if you're not on top of your your driving game. Is all I can say. 
you know, I got people yeah, trying to call in, and and meanwhile, I got Keith Hartel on here. So so if you're trying to call in, don't right now. I'm talking to Keith. We haven't <laughs> talked in a while, and we actually we haven't seen each other in person in a month, right? Um, I've At been least, in this house yeah. three weeks in a day. How long have you been essentially locked down? Um, it was what I went. They they first announced it like um, it was before. It was at the beginning, first week of March, wasn't it? Like when they first announced um, closing stuff down. And I, I like it was that was the first week when I went to, you know, because, you know, at, at the store where starting that Tuesday, like I tried to go and renew my register, you know, my my uh, vehicle, you know, my, my local resident vehicle uh, parking pass. And, and it was shut down like the freaking you know, municipal building was shut down and they're like, go away, son, you know, Please. and then, you know, and guitar bar was closing and moving all the lessons online. And yeah, I believe that was the first week of March. So yeah, since solid month, it's been a solid month. I wonder, it's like that song. When will I see you again? You remember that one? Yeah. yeah it's a good oh, one. sorry. When will I see you? Yeah. yeah. Who the hell sang that? Nice I'm song. Just, yeah. It's a good song. Uh, it's some seventies lady. People are making up their pandemic uh, playlists, and I, I wanted to get on the action. Like on YouTube, I started putting together a pandemic playlist, and I just thought, does anyone really need this? Does anyone really, <laughs> does anyone really need this? Did, do you need it, Keith? Yeah. Well, no. no. Um, you know, uh, because, I, you know, my, 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 basically my normal... The, the, the nature of um, content, uh, musical, entertainment, uh, movies, television, mm-hmm. it, it's, it really hasn't changed from the pandemic. It's just more of it. Just more. Give me more. More, more, more. Yeah. More Mad Men. What do you um, do, I, do you do when I have Mad no Men's desire over? to hear more songs about the uh, about illness and dying or and anything the end like of that. The, I don't the end of the world of and all that bullshit. Yes, of course. Who, who, uh, who would? Although the, the new Dylan song, though. The 17-minute Dylan song, which I have uh, alternately seen panned. And praised. So let's do a segment right now. Brand new segment called Panned or Praised with Keith Hartel. <laughs> yes. So um, what did you think? Panning? Are you panning or hey, praising? I, oh, I'm I, I, I just saying Dylan is just showing himself to be, he's the number one motherfucker of the world. He's the greatest living songwriter. He delivered at the moment the thing that was needed in a way that no one expected you can't even see normal Dylan stuff on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like right. you can't you can't go on YouTube and listen to any of his albums. So he just puts this new song on YouTube. He hasn't made a new song since that Titus record, whatever. Like you know, what fifteen years ago, however long his last original album came out. Nothing. All those years, doing kept touring. He puts out this song. It's seventeen minutes, and it's basically like um, you know, it's about the Kennedy assassination, but it's about all of culture between then and now. And, you know, that's a popular form. Um, there's a lot of bad songs that did it, like a bad song like American Pie or a bad song like We Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> maybe a good song like End of the World as We Know It. Yeah. But it is that kind of a song where it just, it just starts at a place, it rattles off a bunch of cultural changes, it alludes to different songs that are signifiers of moments in time. And it's, a, it's the best thing. It it no it's the best thing of the genre of that whatever that genre is like um we're all gonna like, die you know, cultural the, we're all gonna, over history we're all gonna die genre or is it a different or are you thinking of something else 
Cold War. Well, well, well um, like, like, let's say, I mean, it's it's horrible to have to really go with two songs I really don't like. We we didn't start the fire and American Pie, but they are about like here was a moment when this thing happened, and then from then to now, here's all the chaotic unpredictables like like that they, they both they both have this idea that there was a moment that things started changing right. and it's been downhill and chaos ever since so for him so I, 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 is what you're saying would like the assassination of kennedy was the beginning of the end sort of yeah I, I and heard, i know I that the song. I, my, you tell? one of the best books i read about the beatles um which is about uh, beatles from the american perspective uniquely um, america being arguably the country that loved the beatles the most mm-hmm it was like the Beatles was the healing that came after the Kennedy assassination. And that was why that the emotional um, response, like the people clung to it so hard was that they were getting over this other thing. And so for Dylan being, Oh my God, are you saying the Beatles are going to come back after this thing? Maybe we'll have a new Beatles once this is all over to pull us out of it. What about the two surviving members of the who and the two surviving members of the Beatles starting a band for god's sakes and just cut and just you know when this thing is over and there's light finally and and it seems like we may be maybe out of the worst of it just just start a band and start putting out but it might be crap what if the music was crap wouldn't you be like damn i wish they hadn't started that band those guys from the who and these guys <laughs> from the beatles why'd they do that well I, I don't know if the pandemic is going to, I mean, uh, I, you know, I don't begrudge McCartney and Townsend ongoingly. Right. You know, I, I, with the things they're doing, I don't begrudge them. And, you know, a lot of it's very, very good. But um, right. Dylan's the only guy that keeps on plugging back into that, like, like mind blowing, like, hey, no one ever did no shit like this yet. You know, that's I, what his uh, song is. I, I don't like, wanna, he's doing it again. I know we're digressing, but what the hell? I mean, that's the alternate name of this program. It's actually called Aerial View. It's on every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, live. The phone number is 760-422-5528, but we're talking to Keith right now. And uh, Keith Hartel has been a, a semi-regular guest from time to time, uh, usually here in the uh, Aerial View HQ, but tonight in his home in Hoboken, we, uh, we well, let's just talk about Bob Dylan for one more minute because I'm still amazed when people slag Bob Dylan. They either complain about his voice or they don't mm. want to give it up for you know the monumental, towering talent that he happens to be, and they uh, they'll go into that whole mode like people when they talk about Lou Reed and they'll talk about what a dick he is and you know whatever they need to do to sort of justify how. Dylan never resonated with them and never never did it for them. And I, I always stand in amazement of that. I always feel like, really? You don't like Bob Dylan? All oh, right. I, I hit someone with this yesterday on Facebook. And the thing is that when Co- Leonard Cohen died, you know, and right after Trump won, and um, there's um, a smart young kid, um, 10 years my junior, so that makes him 40 yeah, but like he 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 writes to me like you know because he would ask me a lot of those kind of like you know you're you're a music nerd older guy what what about this what about that so so he, he writes to me one time and he goes after Cohen died he goes you know I never what's the big thing with Leonard Cohen and I said well Leonard Cohen is the greatest he was the greatest living songwriter aside from Bob Dylan and he goes I don't like Bob Dylan either I guess I don't like songs and to myself I thought. No, you you don't. You don't know that you don't like songs, but actually you don't know what a song is. That's what that means. Like if you think that it doesn't mean you don't like music, 
It doesn't mean you don't know a good idea, but no, you don't know what a song is. And this dude, the same dude hit me on my Dylan thread about murder most foul. And he he said, Oh, you were drinking the Dylan Kool-Aid too. And I just gave it to him. I was just like, dude, you don't, you don't know what a fucking song is. Ooh, and then I said, and that's when I found myself. Now I have to go away from Facebook again because I'm being like that on Facebook. You can't live like that. You can't live. Yeah, because you, we're going to need each other. You know, we can't. It's not good if we are alienating each other. But everybody is now spending almost all their time online. I can't tell you how many video things I've seen and how many video things I've been a part of. And now there's Zoom bombing and yeah. th- these these people are going into their private chat rooms and figuring out how to wrench your zoom conference how to go in there and fuck it up and they're scrawling racial epithets across the screen and they're putting yeah. pornography up and it's like really really right now like this is now this is the time you've chosen now to coordinate you know these. Oh man, it it really does feel like end game capitalism in a lot of ways. Like finally, the oh, runway yeah. that Ronald Reagan started pouring in 1980 is ready, and yeah. the plane has taken off, and now a wing has fallen off, and an engine fell off, and the plane may not stay in the sky. I'm just saying, it's it's quite possible. No, absolutely, the plane will not stay aloft. I mean, I uh, when you see what's happening in America, that so many people were literally one or two paychecks away from complete financial failure, the bottom dropping out entirely, destitution. And well, just paycheck to paycheck, yeah. That's yeah. a huge, a huge amount of people is paycheck to paycheck. And when you think that, uh, as as Robert Reich pointed out on, on Twitter, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos makes approximately $9,000 an hour. And the yeah. idea that he wouldn't provide his employees with sick leave with a decent wage with any kind of i mean it came out this week uh, 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 some notes from a meeting were uh, did you see that these notes came out yes, where they I were did. yeah yes, they, they wanted to, they wanted to yeah. smear this organizer in queens who had said hey, who, who they fired who they fired this guy had said hey we're getting sick here and this isn't cool because we're not really following proper procedures to not get sick. And by the way, where's our battle pay? And yeah. so instead of taking some of the billions upon billions of dollars that he's sitting on top of, Jeff Bezos, he's paying a law firm to to, to smear the organizer and the whole movement that this guy has started. And, and I'm guilty as anybody yeah. else. I took in an Amazon delivery yesterday. I found myself on my porch wearing uh, a surgical mask and blue nitrile gloves from Harbor Freight and cutting open boxes and flattening them out and, and, and carefully wiping down everything with Clorox wipes. And I, and I looked at Roger the cat who was sort of just sprawled out in the sun. And I, I just looked at him with total envy because he had this look of bliss on his face. And I thought, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's completely unaware. He's just, he's just carrying on as he will. And his world isn't going to change much because, by the way, it was all cat shit that was in the Amazon boxes. Cat litter and cat food, dry and wet yeah. and cat treats because you couldn't get any regular food. for You can't get people food from them anymore. Somehow yeah. the people food is all... And, and you're reading these stories about now people are hoarding drugs used by rheumatoid arthritis patients and people with lupus and they can't get the drugs because some douchebag somewhere is thinking 
this is what will protect me because the president said it will. I'm going to buy it up right now in case I get sick. I don't want to die. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, what's, what's ironic about that is like, I, I find a couple things as ironic is just like one thing that seems so far, I mean, it could change, but like, um, consumerism, like as far as supply, that it seems like that's not getting fucked with at all. So like the scarcity, like fear is like, you know, that's some kind of collective um, paranoia triggered by a, a catastrophe where they feel like things are out of control. But a really funny thing is, ironically, with Amazon, um, did you watch? There was the Philip Dick series, not Man in the High Castle, but um, it was a, a, a series of Philip Dick short stories, kind of Black Mirror-ish, where did not see you know, that. It was a different story each episode. Did not see it. Have not seen it. There was I one would watch it. I, to Amazon's credit, I mean, just for having it on the air, um, they, there was an episode, and the, the, these things were all written like in the 50s and 60s, so they updated it in some way to make it fit modern times. But there was one episode that what it's about is they made people scared into believing they had to be isolated into little enclaves and just wait for the fucking Amazon packages to drop from the sky. And that's all they did is just like live in, in seclusion okay. in isolation. Like we're not doing now. Out of isolation, receiving packages. And that fucking thing came out last year, that, that episode. Wow. Well, I got to track and this down because I do like going. to keep that's my list, headed. Keith Hartel. I do like to keep my list of escapist shit. That I get, that I can watch to forget what's raging outside. People dying, refrigerated uh, containers, refrigerated trailers used as t- makeshift morgues, hospital ships oh, yeah. mooring off yeah. the west side of Manhattan, visible from the end of my block, and the numbers doubling every day of people dying. And I think about that meme that went out of our president with the fiddle and... He didn't even know the reference. Like he didn't. Even, he had never heard. How do you not hear that Nero fiddled while Rome burned? How do How do you not hear that at his age? How do you not get the reference? I mean, how do you do well, that? Well, you're by not. I don't think he's a very cultured person. Okay. Yeah. You think he's <laughs> all right? Yeah, that's, that's just that's, that's my vibe. That's you shut my, you that's shut me thing. down. You shut me down fast. That was like that was the perfect <laughs> that was the perfect answer. He's not a very cultured person, right? But but yeah, but dude, I mean, no you thing. could you could have p- watched Bugs Bunny cartoons and picked up on a lot of culture. There was a lot of culture stuffed into that's a Bugs the level Bunny that cartoon. I get it from. Like right. I know that phrase Nero fiddled right while Rome burns, but I myself uh, only kind of know the phrase. I know a little bit about like the fucking Romanovs being like right. in a room doing tarot cards when they fucking because that's a, very popular among the fucking radical left, which right. I like to dip my toe in. You do every now and then. Uh, what is the radical left or, saying know, about this? By the way, are they saying that this is issuing forth a new directive to, to that we really need to do these things that Bernie wants done, like uh, like Medicare for all and and universal yeah. child care and a, a decent well, minimum wage and uh, you know state college free and blah blah blah. I mean, is that what they're saying on the radical left where you dip your toe? Well, actually, well, the well, the, well, the radical left was saying that the whole time. And by the radical left, it's really kind of just the left. Like, it's not like radical in the sense of, you know, weather underground left. No, no, no. Although I they mean, like to pretend like they're ready to go there. Yeah. But um, 
you know, today Trump announced some kind of Medicare for all proposal and he went he went left of Biden and Hillary, who have both been commenting publicly. And that is and and he's just doing it out of this basic necessity of survival as a president and that there's really no other option to do. But like while during this, you know, that sticky inconvenience for the centrists of Bernie still insists on running only because the election's not over and he has the most relevant ideas, more relevant than ever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but now now Trump is is um, he, he's talking about doing stuff that's left of what Hillary and Biden are arguing because Trump has to stay elected. Yeah, he and does not want to lose. So you might weird. you might get anything you want out of him at this point. He's sort of like on the ropes and he's sort of like whatever it takes to make sure I don't have to give up power. That's what we'll do. Yeah. By the way, well, uh, and there's another there's another level where it's just like you, you question, like, you know, we don't know how much he's actually, you, you know, like like I imagine that in this medical catastrophe is like he has to talk to some experts, you know, um, you know, doctors and administrators or whatever and say, how do we handle this? And they say, well, we got to do everything we can to make sure everyone gets the treatment. And that becomes some form of Medicare for all. And then their slippery slope is there's a pandemic that threatens everyone now. But then you start to say, like, well, then why don't you want to let people get um, covered for cancer? And then there's another side to it, too, which is the argument that, like, yeah, um, there's a new way of getting the treatment for Corona. But then you get this, like, crippling debt in the horrible fucking, you know, unprecedented depression economy. So it's kind of like it's almost like out of like there's no other options if you're actually sitting in the president chair like he has no options about what what, what to imagine is the thing to do or what to sell people. He's just in survival mode or, you know, um, again, like probably you got to assume he's consulting with people that is just like, what do we have to do to get through this thing? It's radical. It's different. There's no precedent for it. There's no. Right. Well, let me, there's not a lot of different options. Let me do a little bit of an upside down update because uh, this is from like th- three minutes ago. I guess there was another press conference today. Have you heard the updates from the press conference? The uh, I the heard a hilarious updates? one that sounded like satire. Which one was that? That um, they recommended everyone wear masks when they go outside, and Trump is like, "No, it's only a recommendation." It's Personally, only a... I'm not going to wear the mask. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what he said. You're right. That was what I was going to lead with. <laughs> He said uh, he also said he had no plans for a nationwide stay at home order, uh, which was another recommendation. The Center for American Progress said beginning April 5th, 45 days. People should stay home for 45 Mm -hmm. fucking days in their homes trying to get their Amazon deliveries, not going anywhere. 45 days. So uh, he uh, probably will. And, you know, he said he's uh, no, that's up to the governors. I'm going to leave that to the governors. He's throwing it all on the governors. So when he's campaigning, he could say the reason that particular state didn't fare so well is because it was the, you know, uh, Cuomo's fault or that woman from Michigan's fault or whoever's fault it was. Not my fault. Your governor screwed you over, not me. He's got Jared Kushner running a shadow coronavirus agency. And Jared Kushner 
36 years old, uh, you know, another Trump basically born with a silver spoon in his mouth, born into great wealth. His father paid for him to get a Harvard degree. He's uh, he's had one business he's failure after another. He's a failed real estate heir. Yeah, he's a f- that's a good description. <laughs> Married Ivanka Trump. And so yeah. he, he, he's the son-in-law. And he got up and spoke the other day at a press briefing. And, you know, just because uh, when we watch uh, the John Oliver show, you know, uh, last week tonight, every time they have a visual of Jared Kushner on the screen and he opens his mouth, it's uh, Gilbert Gottfried's voice Gilbert? that comes out. Yeah, right? that's awesome. So, so <laughs> when I saw Jared Kushner at the press conference, I swear I had this moment where I was like, it's, it's got to sound like Gilbert Gottfried. I mean, how great would that be if he started talking and he, it didn't come to pass? It didn't happen. But, but this is interesting because this is one thing that authoritarians do. They set up competing agencies in their own administration and the agencies who ostensibly have the same mission, the same directive, are not coordinated mm-hmm. at all in any way. So they constantly undermine and undercut each other and send out these confusing statements. For instance, Jared Kushner says that the nation's medical stockpile is federal and not the state's. And so what does that mean? It's for federal employees. It's for the federal government. We're not sending any of this stuff to your state. And by the way, Andrew Cuomo, you don't need 30,000 ventilators. I know. I read two books about it. And you're wrong, and your data is wrong. I mean, that's what Jared Kushner said essentially yeah. to Andrew Cuomo, and he and he said that the uh, the notion of the federal stockpile was it's supposed to be our stockpile. It's not supposed to be the state stockpile that they then use. Do you? I mean, how do you? Yeah, well, there's, I mean, a, there's a weird double-edged sword to that whole thing, I think, because. Um, I mean, if I was going to put my, well, I put my paranoia hat on like it ever comes off. But um, because that idea of like leaving the decisions up to the states. So there was a point where when Trump was not, um, you know, he's downplaying downplaying the threat, which he generally has done. But the states would take it upon themselves to to make a quarantine or counties or whatever, like, you know. And it's, it's up to them. So which means if Trump announces quarantine is over, the states don't have to comply. If, you know, cooler heads prevail and people are using more sensible, you know, uh, taking in the real information and acting accordingly. And then the other side of it is sort of like if you're talking once you start talking about like a federal lock, like a national lockdown. Yeah, there's no way. And they've already. All right. I'm even going to backtrack more. Do you remember the last Biden Bernie debate? I do. A moment that sent me a chill because I was like, what the fuck is this? Because that was the Sunday before the official like measures started to happen as far as social distancing. Oh, I call it the shit hitting the fan Sunday. I don't know what you call it. That's what I call it. It was, what'd you call it? The shit hitting the fan Sunday. That Sunday? Yeah, it was the shit hitting the fan Sunday. And I believe, I'm pretty sure the first question, if it wasn't the first question, it was one of the first questions, but I think it was the first question was, how would you feel about uh, the military in- intervening to um, enforce like uh, measures taken to um, secure the society? And, and I was like, what the fuck question is this? Like they opened up with a basic like military involvement question. And then in the weeks following, this has calmed down a little bit since then. But 
you kept on seeing like people from FEMA or whatever saying stuff that the federal government might use the military to do, and they keep on going, this is not martial law. And when there's people from the government telling you that not martial law is happening, they're getting you ready for martial law. Yeah. They are. Uh, and yeah. so, so that's what it is. It's like it's chaos or martial law. And that's why the horrifying thing is you have the world with this one big problem that the whole world is on the same problem at the same time, which is probably unprecedented historically. And so this one world, like globalist government, that has been another paranoid from the left and from the right, you know, um, uh, projection of uh, thing to avoid um, happens because it has to. And then the one world government becomes the government of China. Oh, I can't Maximally take it capitalist, anymore. Maximum yeah. government control right. and also communist, like all of it. Like it's all, all every ingredient. They have a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. You're right. Your they are, has no regard yeah. for human life. I can't stand. Uh, you know, this, yeah, you bet uh, your sweets, Mr. Common. Where do I begin? I don't know where to begin, but I do know. Uh, that also during this press conference, um, they made it clear, like I said a moment ago, that this federal stockpile was really meant to supplement the states and local supplies yeah. during public health emergencies. They said, hey, the states have their own crap. This is a stopgap thing. We're not sending you any masks. And by the way, so they asked uh, Donald Trump at this news conference about uh, why more ventilators hadn't been sent to New York. And... Uh, Andrew Cuomo again saying 30,000 ventilators are going to be needed. And he said essentially that New York should have been better prepared. Uh, you know what? He, he that had... happens to be, if you look into it, Cuomo made some decisions about like, um, per, you know, having this pandemic uh, preparation stuff. I forget the specifics, but like he didn't take certain, um, of, he, 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 he under, under, prepared for this in favor of something else. I forget what it was, but he made some administrative decisions that left them left less prepared for a pandemic. Well, that's okay. So he was caught be. he was caught flat-footed well, and now this is why we're the United States of America and this is why the yeah. federal government exists because the federal government is uh, big enough to uh, to address a threat of this nature that threatens the life of the entire country. And and to go and back world, to Ronald Reagan in yeah. 1980, Ronald Reagan built this permission structure to essentially say to people, to allow people to say, why is the government in my pocket? I don't want the government breathing down my neck. The government is inefficient. The government is wasteful. The government is taking my hard-earned money and giving it to those undeserved, undeserving people, those lazy people who won't go out and support themselves and I would rather keep my own money and he yeah. sold he sold them on this bill of goods that essentially said we're going to give you a lot of a lot more freedom and liberty by uh, letting you keep more of your money but by the way we're going to dismantle the federal government the social safety net that's been in existence since the great depression the one that kept uh, many people from slipping through the cracks uh, uh, that's yeah. that's we're going to take that apart. We're going to dismantle that. I'm going to fire air traffic controllers. I'm going to decimate their union. It's war on unions as well. We're gonna we're gonna drop a whole bunch of regulations that kept people from fucking you over multiple ways to Sunday, and they're gonna fuck you over and fuck you over. We're gonna allow people to 
um, get tax breaks for moving their manufacturing to other countries where labor is cheaper. Yeah. And we're Absolutely. actually going to grease the skids for those people to be able to do that. We weren't, we're, we don't, we're not protectionist at all. We don't want to be accused of being protectionist with our labor laws. So you are out of those uh, decent paying manufacturing jobs that your parents had and their parents before them that allowed you to actually make it into the middle class despite only having a high school diploma. Those fuck you. We're doing away with that. So it was the beginning yep. of this very long fucking over, um, which has only been ameliorated a couple of times by a couple of Democrats. And I would argue that even they were merely putting a Band-Aid on a gushing artery. And, yeah, and you would be 100% correct. So now we find one. ourselves at the doorstep of what, Keith Hartel? I mean, where, where do you see this going to next? I don't want you to be a prognosticator. You're not uh, predicting the future or anything. But like, based on if past is indeed prologue, where the hell is this yeah. ship sailing to next? Okay, um, it's going to... Um, it, it's it's here 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 is... You, you've certainly heard about how now, because of the pandemic, even though we all already know we're under some kind of total surveillance, they're saying now Google is going to track individuals so they can control the spread and all this shit. So, like a story I told Tammy, my wife, the other day, was, you know, just talk about what's coming. And, and I told the story about how when I was a kid, my grandparents had relatives from Hungary come over and they were staying with my family in, in their house in Seaside Park. And my grandfather tells me the story about an interaction he had with the old man when they went out to go take a walk to, to go to the boardwalk or whatever. And the guy, as they're leaving, says, what, don't we need our papers? And my grandfather, when he's telling me this story with a smile on his face and a twinkle in his eye, is like, could you imagine being in a country where to just leave your house and walk around, you have to have papers? Yeah. It's well, definitely going to that. I think it's going to that, but also like the, um, you know, less homelessness, more socialism. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, they're, they're, they'll be cutting us checks and we'll be surviving. But like it's um, it's going to be that um, every time there's a crisis, you know, freedoms get restricted for rational reasons to a certain extent. But then the government overreaches and then it never goes backwards. Right. That's happening right now. I so, gotta, um, I gotta yeah, interrupt you. Uh, for just to, China. In, in, you know, you mentioned the tracking. Uh, that's what worked in South Korea was that they were able to tell by the, you know, the cell phone history where people had been. They and they could tell even who they came in contact with, and they could send out right. messages that said basically, "You've come in contact with somebody who's a known uh, COVID nineteen carrier, so you should quarantine right. yourself right now." And if you're feeling any symptoms like shortness of breath and coughing that won't go away and and a fever, if you're running a fever, you should probably report to one of these many, many testing stations we've set up throughout South Korea because we know what the fuck we're doing. Yeah, well, that that goes back to that conversation that we had earlier in private when I said, like, the American character and, and, and like when you're asking me about what it's like in Hoboken is like um, the first weekend, I think, after the quarantine, there was like a gorgeous like Sunday afternoon. And, you know, I went for my solitary avoiding people walk. But you just saw people like gathered in parks close together right when they were getting the information of what it's not to be and almost defiantly having a nice day. And it's like. 
um, the character of the country is this, like, you don't tell me what to do. You know, I mean, this is, it's good as a concept. Like, I like it. Like, you know, I mean, you know, we both, we're punk rockers. We live like that or have. But um, that's the thing that they don't have in South Korea or China. Well, see, which is freedom, they don't have this like fuck right. you, man. I'm doing my thing. Yeah, right. Because they don't have freedom and liberty. I mean, that's the, you know, listen. This country was founded on on several things. Two are freedom and liberty, and the desire for freedom and liberty. The other is is violence, obviously, and bloodshed. So all those yeah. things are caught up in the American character. You're right. The flag oh, money, said, money, man. Yeah, and money, money. And of course, land, owning land. So, the, I mean, the flag said, don't tread on me. Remember that flag? Don't tread on me. So basically, if it was oh, yeah, made right. right now, we would say, don't tell me what to do. You're exactly right. We're big on yeah. who are you to tell me what to do. And that, again, that's what led to the dismantling of the federal government. Because the, the way, the brilliance of Ronald Reagan, who's now, you know, got an airport named after him. He's now a beloved figure. When I was a kid, he was what every punk rock band hated. Ronald Reagan. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. We And well, by the way, he used the slogan, let's make America great again. That was one of his actual campaign slogans in 1980. That's so right. He was ahead that's of right. the curve on that shit as well. But he, he made it very palatable to people to say... You know, that defiance that you feel, that sense of self-reliance, that um, that liberty and freedom that you love because you're an American. Why don't we get the government off your back? Why don't we do that? And, and while we're doing it, we got this new thing called trickle-down economics. And we're going to give lots and lots of tax breaks to the wealthiest corporations and help them make way more money because guess what? They're the job creators and they're going to create jobs yeah. and they're going to... Little did we know they're not going to create jobs. They're going to take the existing jobs and move them outside of the country, and you're not yeah, going to have those retrade. jobs. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it was just this royal, royal fucking that went on. And, and now, uh, who knows? If we could pull this plane out of this dive, despite losing a wing and, a, and, a, and an engine, I don't know what's next. I really don't know. I know that I feel like a friend of Bill W. now. You know... God bless everybody for whom Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, help them. I, I've never had a problem uh, with with drugs or alcohol, so I, I knock wood. I know people have, and it's horrifying, yeah. and, and it really does wreck your life and all. But I feel like now we're just all living one day at a time. We're all just sort of like, let's oh, just— Oh, oh, that's what—I was wondering where, where how you—what you were going with with that. Yes, oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Exactly, one day at a time. One day at a time, a sitcom I watched with my mother during the 70s with Bonnie Franklin and— it had uh, uh, who, uh, Valerie Bertinelli, who went on to marry Eddie Van Halen, and uh, who yeah. was the uh, Mackenzie Phillips, Mackenzie who was Phillips. having sex with her father, probably while they were making the show. Who knew? Who knew the subtext <laughs> of one day at a time? I just knew Schneider, the handyman, wanted and who, to bang. And actually, Bonnie Mackenzie Franklin. Phillips is one of the first flameouts from like drug addiction. I remember knowing. Like as far as celebrity drug addicts that like flame out and lose their gig, and then they have to. I know, and you know, come I, back and I just, talk about their struggles. She's the, like the first one I remember. One of the first ones, and you know, I uh, just had this whole thing online. I'm on this group that uh, I think Keith Hartel, you're in the Rockers for Life group, right? That Diane Farris created, where you go on and there's a challenge every day, and one day for some reason. It was having to do with music from a movie, and I wrote about American Graffiti and how much American Graffiti meant to me when I saw it in uh, 1970, whenever the hell it came, 75, or whenever it came out. And, yeah, and I think that's exactly right. 
Yeah, Mackenzie Phillips is big in that film, you know, with Paul Lamatt, who I've actually met. I've I've met a couple of cast members now from American Graffiti uh-huh. and actually like interviewed him and stuff. But but uh, yeah, we're all living that way now. We're all just trying to get through the next twenty four hours. Because for me to think <laughs> further than that, like to try to think what next month is going to bring and the month after that, it hurts my brain, and I have to stop doing. Oh yeah, it, you know. Yeah. I, well, especially because there's just very little of proactive measures that can be taken, you know, except to keep yourself like sane through the day you're going through. There's, there's not a lot of like um, future building stuff that you can just met. You don't know what you can do like to, to, you don't want, I mean, that's the thing about this condition is like all the people, like when you're talking about that rugged individualism of the Reagan era and like get your shit together and then you'll be solid. This yeah. is this p- fucking pulled the bottom out of that. Like, you know, people that, you know, went to work every day and, you know, squirreled away their savings and paying their mortgage. It's like this takes the bottom out of like, yeah, you know, just just get your shit together and everything will be fine. No, not necessarily. Right. It will not necessarily. Look be fine. what happened to you, you sucker. You played by the rules, right? You to- you did everything they yeah. told you to do. And now you're facing ruin. You're facing ruin for no who knows how long. Who knows mm. how long this will go on? We don't, you know, no one could say yeah. really because if well, we don't get this in a thing weird in way, control, this is why I think it's going to go on forever. Because like you know how they're already saying that um, when we come to the end of this one, well, there will probably be another uptick in the fall, and then that's the thing where when talking about where things are going, like the new world is going to be like the government is going to be telling us, okay, go do things now. Okay, stay in your home. Okay, do things. Stay in your home. And that's going to be the, the, the you know, the, the uh, freedom, you know, getting rid of our freedom and liberty. But at the same time, I believe they'll figure out a way to keep everyone, you know, safe and alive. I, I don't know. I think it's going to level things out to a certain degree. It'll crush I, the middle class. I think class. we're going we're gonna to limp, limp along and, and then Joe, hopefully Joe Biden won't be killed by this thing and he'll be president and even well if he does die what do you think cuomo steps in at the last minute what happens what's i think what's cuomo the scenario in, i think cuomo steps in while he's alive i don't think biden's going to make it to the they're only trying to get rid of bernie that's biden only exists to make sure bernie can't become president although i got i gotta biden say the wisconsin the primary he is think he can't yeah. talk and he's the, in a sexual assault guy <laughs> <laughs> listen I think that the Wisconsin primary might have an interesting outcome. More people might now be like, you know, Bernie was right about everything. Who knows? I don't know. You know, it's weird. Know. You see little bits of it from certain, I don't know, one, like New York Times writer Charles Blow was just kind of like, and this is a guy that was never for Bernie. And right. He's like, well, Charles M. that Blow. whole, like, incremental change thing is dead. Right. Yeah. Fuck that. We're, and we're, people still we're react badly that. to it, though. They, they're entrenched. The um, the population has been trained by propaganda to treat Bernie supporters like they're MAGA people and right. to treat Bernie like he's Trump. And it's really disturbing to me yeah. because got about a minute, you know, these are opposite tell. philosophies. Right. Listen, I'm going to let you go. We're almost out of time. So uh, thank you for I'm joining you me go. again. Okay. And hopefully next time, maybe we'll even be in the same space together. There goes Keith Hartel. And uh, Keith, how can they find you if they want to track you down? You're stuck at home, so just give out your address. That'll be fine. Well, um, no, they can write me address. at 
525 Madison Street, Apartment 3, Hoboken, New Jersey. Oh, no. Rio. Oh, God. Um, I am Keith Hartel on Facebook, All right. which I'll be trying to avoid. I'm Keith Hartel on Twitter, which I spend a lot of time at. All right. Keep yourself alive, my friend. Keep yourself alive. Yeah, we're going to try I got a little change in my pocket going jingle. Wait, that's not Keep Yourself Alive. What happened, man? Someone mislabeled that song. So here, you know what? I'm going to just do a little segue because it is a radio show. Tell you once again, this is uh, Aerial View. And, uh, oh, man, we're over. We're over and out. <laughs>